You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Uh, We're going to start a a series that's titled Just Walk Across the Room, and uh, it's to equip us in this word evangelism. And uh, when we hear this word evangelism, some of us might kind of go into a cold sweat. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't like that idea of evangelism. I'm not an evangelist. Let me know what I'm talking about. I'm not an evangelist. It's Marco. It's not me. I'll do my, I'll do my bit. However, we're not going to be looking at formulas. There's not about scripts. It's not kind of memorizing vast amounts of apologetic scripture so that you can defend your case to someone who's the most kind of uh, anti-Christ person. No, that, that is not the point of the coming weeks. The coming weeks, we're going to be looking at the very basics that you and I can all do. We can all do. Now, we're going to start this morning by watching a short video. Now, please don't talk this time. The author of this series is not myself, but is actually a guy by the name of Bill Hybels, and he started a church called Willow Creek Church in America, and uh, it's grown to be a a massive church. Uh, But he's someone who, in his own life, has demonstrated this very well, how sometimes the little things make the biggest difference. And so we're just going to watch him introduce what we're going to start on. A lot of people I talk to get all freaked out when they hear the word evangelism. They think they have to master this massive amount of apologetic information. They think they have to have a different personality than God gave them. They think that uh, it's just some formidable challenge that they could never rise to. And so often I find that it's the, the short, rather accessible little steps or walks or deeds that you do It's not giving long speeches, it's mostly about friendship. It's not backing someone into a corner, it's just kind of pointing to Christ in ways that are natural for you. And I think if more people would do just the small thing that they can do, take a walk here, stretch out an arm here, say a word here, live your faith every day in a humble and kind of genuine way, I think a lot of people would find that they would be uh, touching a lot more lives than they think. You may have uh, noticed in this clip that he just says, if, if we all do just the small things that we can do, we would touch a lot more lives. And uh, this, is, this is ultimately what we're looking at, is, is doing the little bits that all of us can do. Not looking at what we can't do, saying, yeah, I'm just not that kind of a person. So actually, no, what can I do? with the personality, with who I am created to be, how can I still do the work of an evangelist in my own life, in my own way? And this, this whole series started uh, in, in Bill Hybels' church and, and what they did uh, from an encounter that he had with someone. And he was at this kind of business luncheon uh, time with, with a bunch of people. And across the table was a, was a, a large African-American man uh, with a very distinctly Muslim name. And uh, so when... They were introducing themselves. Uh, he, he came in contact with this guy, and and uh, at the end of the conversation of introduction, he said, "Oh, I love your books." And then, kind of, the meeting progressed, and Bill Hobbs was like, "How does he love my books?" Obviously, he, he misunderstands who I am. Um, at the end of the meeting, uh, he had this kind of discussion with 
with this gentleman and, and wants to kind of understand, did he think he was the wrong person? Because uh, Bill Hybels clearly a pastor, and this guy seems to be a Muslim. Um, and I'm not sure if you've read my books, but maybe I'm not the right guy. Uh, anyways, this guy starts to tell his story that uh, being someone in the States, in the southern part of the States, as, as a Muslim, as a black Muslim, uh, being in kind of business setting social environments, often it's a very isolating experience. So if you go to a business mixer and everyone's drinking alcohol and, and, you, and you're there, people don't talk to you and you, you're kind of alone and, and dejected. And so uh, he was at one of these kind of encounters or one of these business mixers and uh, he was off, he was just kind of on his own and, and uh, there was, there was a guy that was there who kind of was mixing with the people he knew and he had noticed that this gentleman was on his own. And so he walked across the room and began to speak to him and, and had the conversation and, and somewhere along the conversation, faith came up and the guy said, I'm, I'm a Muslim. And, uh, the guy said, well, I'm, I'm a Christian. Um, now, he thought at this point, the Muslim guy thought at this point, well, this is, this is the showstopper. And uh, however, to his surprise, the, the Christian says, you know, I, I really know very little about the Muslim faith, and I, I would be interested to hear what you believe. Would, would you be open to just to get together for a coffee and just share what, what your, your faith is with me? Now, the guy was completely dumbfounded, thinking... I was not expecting a Christian to be interested in what I have to say. So he agreed to, to meet up for a coffee, and, uh, which actually met, uh, turned into a week-after-week discussion, going for, for breakfast, going for, for coffee. And, and there was this relationship that started to be formed. And, and then somewhere along the, the journey, over a number of weeks, if not even months, the guy realized that he'd been such a good listener, the Christian had been such a good listener, he says, I've shared everything about my life. I would like to hear about your faith. And in a very gentle and a very honest way, he began to unpack the Christian faith. And through that process, the guy realized that actually the Christian faith was superior to the Muslim faith. And he gave his life to Jesus. From that point, his whole family gave their life to Jesus and they're active members of the church, and, and it was in the church that he came across Bill Hybels' book. All of this started because someone decided to take a walk across the room to someone who was alone, standing by themselves, and actually just begin a relationship. You see, the single greatest gift that we have, that we can give the people around us, is an introduction to God who created him. Right? Who created them, uh, who knows them and has a purpose for their lives. It beats money, it beats job opportunities, it beats everything else. The single greatest gift that we can give them is this. There should be a slide that says this. Yeah, there we go. What is evangelism? When we, when we look at this term evangelism, evangelism is this, constantly watching for ways to give the single greatest gift to someone living far from God. If we have the greatest gift, and we've shared this over the past week, if I have the greatest gift someone could ever encounter, then evangelism is simply looking for an opportunity to give the gift away. Right? In some, some way, in some step. Now in the story, the, the Christian guy had a hope that God 
would use him as the gift giver, but was also open to be used in this way. He, he was aware that God had a plan and, and he was aware in a complete social context that that wasn't church, that there was someone there that just got prompted to, to walk across the room and speak to. We're going to begin this journey with understanding how we can become usable in God's hands. Both of, all of us, no matter your personality, no matter your gift set, how all of us. And it starts with the first one being the willingness to enter the, the zone of the unknown. Now, all of us have zones of the known. We, we have uh, in a Christian, a Christian setting, we have uh, a, a circle of comforts. Now, I'm going to use old school PowerPoint. Okay. So we have a circle of comfort. Now, this is our world. No, you, I haven't drawn the circle yet, so don't get ahead of me here. <laughs> you are correcting me. Here is a circle of comfort, okay? This is your life. This is the circle of comfort in your life, okay? Can we all see the circle? Even those at the back? Yes, it's a red circle. Now, in this space, we exist, we love. There's the glow of other Christians that we're with, and we just love our time together, don't we? Life group, Sunday service, going for coffee and tea with our closest Christian friends. It warms our hearts, doesn't it? Come on. We love it. Now, the problem is, is that in this world, we have people that we come across in, in everyday life that are actually not sitting in this little bubble that we have in our Christian circle of comfort. And they're sitting over here somewhere. And uh, in our in our life now, whether it's at work or whether it's in, in just a social setting that we find ourselves seeing people that are not in our circle, but there's something that prompts us to go talk to them, to say hello to them. And so in order for us to get from here to there requires us to leave our comfort circle, a comfort zone, right? In order for us to engage with someone who, who we don't know requires us to step outside our zone of the comfortable and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to take a risk and I'm going to go out of this space. I'm going to go over to this space and I'm going to just say hello. I want you to all say something really difficult with me today. And it's the word hello. Uh, let's say it together. Hello. First step of evangelism. Hello. Hello. Well, you guys are on it. I, I said it wasn't going to be a script, but it starts there, doesn't it? It starts with a hello. It's, it starts with saying, do you know what? I, I, I want to say hello to you. I, I want to just get to know you. I'm not here to pounce on you with something, but I, I'm, I'm aware that something is being prompted in me to come just say hello to you. You see, eternity begins to, to change at this moment of us saying, I'm going to move out of this space of comfort to just stretch a hand out to someone I don't know. Or maybe it's someone I do know, but they need a hand of friendship. And I've just, I just know them as an acquaintance, but I'm going to go past an acquaintance and I'm going to press in towards a friendship. You see, eternity is impacted in these moments. It's the what ifs we, we, when we take a, the steps across the room. If you're a live, living, breathing Christ follower, 
then the Spirit of God is in us and He is the one who leads us into these unknowns. And often I think we can sometimes be uh, stagnant in our Christian walk because we, we just live in this space. However, God moves in this zone of the unknown. He doesn't move in the comfort zones. How do you know? How, how many of you can attest to that? It's when we first pass what we're comfortable with that we start to discover the things of God. And if you want your Christian life to go on fire, if you want to to grow, to change and to shift and to, to, to discover new things of God, get out of your comfort zone. Get out of this comfortable space and move into the space where God could use you. And it's no longer dependent upon you. It's dependent upon you and God. God working through your life. Through your life. It was when I was 18 and I boarded the plane to the great unknown of Holland for a year to serve in mission that I discovered things about God that I would have never discovered if I stayed in my little comfort zone in my home church, my home youth group and all those things and never stretched outside to reach to a people that God was leading me towards. Every day we have this opportunity to alter eternity for someone else. And it starts with us stepping outside of our comfort zone into this unknown. But secondly, it involves us listening to the Spirit's prompting. You and I have the Spirit of God in us. And, and it requires us to say, I, I'm going to, to, to listen. In fact, the effectiveness of being outside the comfort zone is the Spirit's promptings. It isn't that every time in every environment we just continue to push outside in our own understanding. But it's being aware wherever we are on a daily basis... God, what are you doing? I can be with my circle of friendships. I can be with my friends. But my eye is always aware of what God is doing. It's being aware of His prompting, of His, His understanding of where He wants to lead me. In Galatians 5.25, it says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. When the Spirit is leading us, it becomes dynamic and it becomes out of our control. I, I think when you start a conversation with someone you don't know, you have no idea where that conversation is going to lead. It is always easier not to engage a conversation with someone who, doesn't, who you don't know. But when we start a conversation with people that we've just met, and we're open to the prompting of the Spirit, we have no idea where that conversation is going to lead. We have a passage of Scripture that we read last week. And interestingly enough, it comes up again this week. It, Matthew 5, 13 to 14 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill or city built on a hill cannot be hidden. We need savor. Uh, the spiritual potency. But as I said last week, for our saltiness to be effective, we need to have salt where salt is required. Right? It's the spiritual potency only has its power when it's applied to environments that it needs it most. And that's where walking across the room is the right thing, is the right, is the, is the right steps to take. It needs proximity, being close enough for people to experience who Jesus is in us. We might feel that we don't have the right training. We lack the confidence or the skill level. It might feel way too risky, but there's an underlying reality when we're in right relationship with Christ and there's an openness to his spirit's prompting in us, here's what happens in the circle of comfort. As we're with Christian friends, as we're in our everyday life. Christ can prompt us, the spirit can prompt us and we take one step out and 
The Bible says we don't even need to worry about what to say. The unknowns of, of what to say when we're with someone we don't, we don't know how the conversation. All we have to do is be leaning into the Spirit and the Spirit will give us the words to say. How cool is that? It doesn't have to be a memorized script. It's not saying I'm going to go up to this person, I'm going to say da 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 da, and then I'm going to get to the four spiritual laws, and then I'm going to go through from generate from from Genesis right through to Revelation. I'm going to unpack this all to this new person I've just met. Actually, it can only just start with a hello and Holy Spirit. Was what else am I saying now? Where does the conversation need to lead? What was inspired me most about the story I started off with is here's this guy who only said, you know, hey, you're a Muslim, I'm a Christian. I want to know a little bit about what you believe. Now, of course, he wasn't saying that because he wanted to become a convert, but he wanted to build a bridge of relationship. And sometimes I think we're so quick with wanting to put the information into someone else that we stop the process of building the relationship and trust to start with, which is the beginning point. The third step, when we're prompted, we, we, we might have... A, a willingness to step outside the comfort zone. We, we're prompted. But then the third and final step in this beginning of this whole process is just to walk. And, and when we read Romans 5, 8, it says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You see, this whole idea of walking across the room to reach out a hand starts with God towards us, doesn't it? You see, while we are still sinners, Christ died for us. In fact, in, in Philippians 2, it says this. It says, In our relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Here Jesus walked this ultimate walk across the room for you and for me. While we were still sinners, he actually left a comfort zone of the heavenly realms, where the angels dwell, where there's unity in the, in the, the, between the Father, Son, and Spirit, where, where his presence and his authority reign. And he came down, he emptied himself, the Bible said, what we just read, and he, he took the life of a servant. Why? That he could redeem us. That he could, he could walk across the room for you and for me. So he not only did he, did he uh, call us to do this, but he demonstrated what this looks like. God took this ultimate step for you and for me. We were the, we were the X in the corner of the screen. And God said, I'm going to come across heaven and earth to find you, to reach out a hand saying, I'm here to save you. I'm here to help you. You and I are here because of that, aren't we? Because ultimately Jesus did this. He, he walked across the room. For you and for me, it, it, it might not be walking across heaven, but it could be walking across the restaurant or walking across the office or the cafe. It's, it's choosing to leave this comfort circle and entering this unknown. In a practical demonstration, we have it very clearly displayed in John chapter 4. And we have this story of, of Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. You know this story? We've read it probably many times. Here Jesus is 13 guys, him and the 12 disciples. They, they come along and probably it's a hot day and they're thirsty and they're hungry. And uh, they come to Jacob's well, the Bible says. They come to Jacob's well. 
and uh, there's a woman there in the heat of the day, and uh, the, the disciples, although it doesn't say this, we probably can see what happens, because if you look at cultural trends of, of the time, you would have said this is what would happen. They would have completely looked past her. She was there, but in their mind, she wasn't there. They saw this woman who was alone, and uh, they looked to each other, and they start chatting and say, hey, we're hungry. We're going to go into town to grab a bite, a bite to eat. And I probably even said to Jesus, why don't you come along with us and we'll, we'll go grab a bite to eat. And Jesus, at this moment, excuses himself from the circle of friends, of comfort, of being with the lads, going in for a bite to eat. And he, he walks across a room that's not just a room, but it's a, a cultural divide. He, he walks to the Samaritans who the, the Jewish people would have thought were at this time were half-breeds. He crosses a gender divide because it would have been impro- inappropriate for a man to engage in a conversation with a woman. He, he then, he, he, he not only does that, he pushes past a divide of, of standing. This woman was not just a woman. It was a sinful woman. It was a woman who had five failed marriages and now was living with a man who wasn't her husband in an era especially where this was a no-no, a taboo. And so here we have it. Jesus walks across and he pushes past all of those barriers that for you and for me might be insurmountable. He walks past all those barriers and he engages in a conversation with this woman. I mean, this is evangelism at his heart. And he starts with a very simple discussion about water. What a great discussion starter. Water. Hello? I want some water. Are you looking for water? I've got water. In fact, we read it this way. This is out of the message translation. Jesus says, everyone who drinks this water will get thirsty again and again. Anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst. Not ever. The water I give will be... What's the word? Artesian. There we go. I was looking at the, how do I say that again? Artesian spring within. It's a, it's a spring of life, gushing fountains of endless life. The woman said, sir, give me this water. I want this water. So I won't ever thirst. We'll never have to come back to this well again. This story is, is powerful because Jesus begins to, to share with her and unpackages from this point who she really is, where she really is at. And, and there's a word of knowledge that starts to come. The, 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 the gift of the Spirit starts to operate in this moment. They're, they're starting to, the discussion starts talking about water, but suddenly it becomes a very deep discussion about where she's at in reality. And this encounter, this walk across the room so impacts her life. She says, okay, Jesus, stay here. There's some people that need to meet you. And she goes back into town and she gets everyone that she can get. Uh, and she says, you got to come meet this guy who just told me everything I've ever done. you got to come meet him. And the Bible says he stays there for two days and shares with them. And the Bible says many come to faith. Many. You know, revival starts in this town. Why? Because Jesus took a walk across the room and begins to talk to a lady about water. 
That's how it happens. You see, for you and for me, you think, I can't be the evangelist on the street corner preaching the gospel. You don't have to be. There are people all around you that simple need, simply need you to embrace them, to start a discussion and let the Holy Spirit lead you with the rest. You see, you don't know what revival could hit that family, to that circumstance, to that home, to, to that environment. If you just reached out your hand, you see, we can look at ourselves and say, I can't do that. Even the disciples, they, they were oblivious to the situation going on. They came back and like, what on earth's going on? Jesus, you need to eat something. And he's like, man, I'm being fed right now by doing the work that the, the Father's called me to do. There's something I'm eating. And they're like, well, who's giving them food? They didn't understand the bigger picture. I want you just to encourage us as we start on this journey that you and I have rooms that we need to walk across. But you have a part to play in that. And it isn't for the great evangelists of the church or for someone else to do. You have spaces that you need to leave. And there's people in your life, in your sphere, all around you that simply need you to embrace them. They simply need you to put out a hand and say, hello, I'm here. And I want to engage in conversation. I want to engage in interest in who you are. We're all probably here because someone took a risk with us. Maybe it was a parent. Maybe it was a, a, a colleague. Maybe it was someone in our lives. If we think about our life, our life. How many of you just came to Christ? I want to, this is a good question. How many of you came to Christ all on your own without anyone else's input? One. Which would mean, percentage-wise, it's a pretty high percentage. We all came to Christ because someone else walked across the room for us. Right? We're all here, the product of someone else. And it might not have just been one person. It might have been many people over a period of time that, that just kept walking into our space. And over a period of time, we came to know who Jesus was. This is a, a moment that when we start looking at, we want to be a church that sees it grow with people coming to faith in Jesus. It starts with each of us walking across rooms. We can't all huddle in this circle like a, a rugby scrum and never engage with the rest of the game. Yes, we, we get our, our plans in place in our comfort circle, but actually we then have the rest of our life to be a light, a city on the hill, salt that's being spread out where it needs it most. I want to just read some closing in closing. A couple thoughts from this book. I don't know where it just went. Under my Bible. Oh, here it is. Just walk across the room. Excerpt from this book. It says this, Jesus knew that fulfilling his redemptive mission would be excruciatingly, there we go, difficult, risky, downright defeating, and seemingly, seamlessly fruitless for us at times. But if you will just persevere, he might say the potential is colossal. Think of it. One more treasure, a priceless human being, might be snatched from the clutches of horrendous, lifeless eternity in hell because of your work. So go. Go right now and bear witness. Sow the seed. Take the walk across the room. Leave that comfort for that which is, has eternal significance. Risk your life for this. Yeah. Risk your life for it. That was for special effects. Thank you, Giovanni. 
And now that you will never, uh, uh, and know that you will never regret your decision. Final, final sentence. The single greatest gift you and I can give another human being is introduction to God who declared that his mission was to find every person who was lost and bring them home. His mission, Christ's mission, was to seek and to save the lost. And that is our mission as well. is to find these people around us. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people, in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news, or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.